Wake up world. You are now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here at the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, which is also the home of 1029 and 750 the game. We're here in the sixth. Sixth floor, that is. <laughs> <laughs> no Drake. We in the sixth we, with it. We in the sixth with it, but we yeah, we on the sixth floor. That's that's what the six is around here. We ain't we ain't Michael and Jamel. We ain't Drake. We just on the sixth floor. That's our six. So since we throwing so many sixes around there, and I don't even like the fact that we throwing so many sixes around these days. That's a that ain't a good number. It never been a good number. Yeah, that ain't a good number. That's a we, scary number right there, man. Well, I guess, and I'm trying to. I'm sitting over here. You got Jamel and Michael. That's one six. Drake another six. I'm trying to be the third six. That is, I'm I'm ending off a bad row of numbers. We not the six no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as y'all can tell, we back live and direct. Rodney back in here with me. Say what's what up on? to the folks, Rod. Man, what's going on, world? I missed y'all. Man, so look, so look, so look. We going we going we going to get to what's going on today. We going we going to get current, but we got some catching up to do. We uh Rodney, uh, it's been it's been probably what? 3 weeks since you've been since you've been here? I think 2. 2 two weeks. 2 weeks, okay. Yeah, it's been 2. Last episode we had uh Sarah Scrivens, my colleague here at the game and also She's an ESPN writer, and we came on here and we talked about, you know, women in uh, journalism, women in her field. Uh, during that time, it was something called the NBA Finals that was going on that kind of evaporated kind of quick. And if I'm not mistaken, before the finals started, I want to say Rodney was <laughs> predicting the Cavs in six or seven. Was it six or was it seven? Let me just say this. Was it six or seven? Say that first. It, it was both. I, I said six oh or seven. Oh my gosh! I, I was I was absolutely wrong. Oh my goodness! What happened there? I just want to apologize for underestimating the firepower of the Golden State Warriors. I didn't see that coming. Like how? That. How though? Like how? I, like I just want to know how you didn't see it coming. I, I don't how? know. I, it, it just. I mean, KD and Steph, and it was just. It was a lot. It's, it's too much over there. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really understand how you could underestimate that. I, I shouldn't have. That's my fault. I mean, they've been the better team for the last three years. They were better. Even the year that they lost the finals, they were still better than them. They just had a couple bad breaks, but they were better than them, though. Man, that team was good. That's one of the, like, I say top five all time. Well, I'm I'm not even gonna press you too much because that's old news now. That's but what I, I'm saying, but, man. But but I still had to, you know, let it be known that you 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 made that bold prediction. I'm a man though. I, I'm gonna own up to it. I said it. I was wrong. You feel me? Yeah, that. Yeah, you was wrong. All right, I was, I was wrong. All Ooh, the way wrong. They got so them wrong. out of there quick. Should have been the sweep. Hey. So I'm not even going yeah, I'm, I'm to I ain't even going to press you cuz we know what it was. We should have known what it was before the finals even started, but you know, it is what it is. Warriors won that in 5. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to the Bay Area. That's done and over with. Now today we got the NBA draft going on. It's a lot of news being shaken up here uh in these draft talks, trade talks. You know what's dope what I like? The NBA now is starting to seem like a year-round sport. Yeah, it is. You know, summer, I'm just excited for the summer as I am for the season. Yeah, it's like, because, you know, all these offseason trades, free agency every year is such a big deal. Seeing how much more money these guys are going to be making every year is a big deal. 
And 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 now, especially with the Warriors doing what they did and dominating the league, everybody is in a panic in the NBA all of a sudden. Oh, it's chaos now. Everybody, everybody got a trade. Man, they got a trade. <laughs> they trying to get a free agent. They trying to opt out. They trying to team up. They trying to And you know what? To be 100% honest with you, I've heard what's probably the best the two teams that I think within the next two to three years would have the best outcome of possibly building a super team up to this point based on talks and allegations are the Lakers because Paul George has opted out and decided that he's going to probably end up going to L.A. Right. And they're getting ready to draft Lonzo Ball. I expect them to draft Lonzo Ball at number two. They've already traded D'Angelo Russell away. So I'm expecting them to draft Ball at number two. LeBron and Dan Gilbert aren't seeing eye to eye. They fired the general manager over there in Cleveland. So people are kind of saying LeBron's out of there after next year and that he can end up landing in L.A. Right. Then you got you got the Celtics trying to make trades right now. They're trying to make a trade for Porzingis to come to New York. You got a uh, you got a. Uh, I heard my, a little sleeper with the Rockets. I heard the Rockets is trying to trying to get either Jimmy Butler or Paul George. They're trying to get Jimmy Putler or Paul George with the Rockets. You got my guy from Utah, Gordon Hayward. He's talking about, you know, he's a free agent now. He's mm-hmm. talking about going to sign with the Celtics. So the two teams and now a third sleeper team. And even here in Portland, it's allegations that came out. We were on the radio show today, and it was alleg- well, not allegations. I'm saying allegations <laughs> like it's an assault case. <laughs> but you know what it was, though? Because we talked about, we did talk about an assault case today uh-huh. on the radio show. So that's kind of why that word is just floating around in my head right now with the Cavell Bigby Williams deal from transferring from the University of Oregon. So we did get we did get into that today. But there's rumor out there that. LaMarcus Aldridge might be trying to come back to Portland. I seen that. I got a report on my phone from that. LaMarcus might be trying to come back to Portland. So teams are trying to figure it out right now. I think the front runners for trying to create a super team is the Lakers and the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Then you you said you got you got a uh, Houston in the mix. Now the Blazers if they can keep their main 3 that they have in Dame, CJ and Nurkic and add on Aldridge, you got a pretty you got a pretty star-studded, you know, starting lineup there. And so... What about this? I heard the Timberwolves offered their seven, number seven pick and a couple other players for Paul George, too. The Timberwolves won't be able to be they, a super team. <laughs> they, <laughs> it just won't. They're not in the front runners, at least no, right no, now. And, and the nobody rumors. wants to go to Minnesota. And the rumors. So, you know, so you got the draft. You got everybody trying to create a super team. But you want to know what the craziest part is? None of them still hold a stick to the Golden State Warriors yeah, right now. Any of the super teams I seen that was going to be formed, they can't. They can't compete. They can't compete, and and I mean it's crazy because it's like the Warriors have four stars. They have two MVPs. Like they and the Warriors have such a deep bench. So it's like yeah, you can assemble all these super teams, and you got to give up a bunch to get what you want to get. In some cases, you may be able to get a steal out of free agency. But you got the Warriors still, like, I still haven't heard of a team or a possible team that could be assembled that can even compete with the Warriors at this point. And even with the Cleveland Cavaliers, for one, they, nobody wants K-Love right now. He's not getting a lot of interest. Right. But they had the best chance of adding a superstar to, you know, be equal with them, but they would have to lose K-Love to get one. So it's really no team. I don't know what they're going to do right now. Yeah, I don't see much being able to happen. I just think that the Warriors are running the league and everybody's in a scramble. And what a lot of people fail to realize about the Warriors, they assembled, they got one very 
good, the best free agents you could possibly get out of Kevin Durant. But the other three stars that they have there were drafted. So you, it's going to be hard to be able. Like that team is organically made, really, for the mm-hmm. for the most part, with the exception of the addition of Kevin Durant, which is obviously a big deal. But even if you're trying to require acquire free agents, I should say, or if you're trying to make trades, you got to give up a lot to get a lot in most of these cases. The Warriors didn't have to give up anything. All they had to do was sign a free agent, and the guys that they already had there were already there through the draft. They had they had a team going already. They yeah. won 73 games. They won a championship the year before that. They made a pretty decent playoff run the year before that when they were exited by um, the Clippers that season. But they already were building something organically within that organization, and then you get the best score, arguably, of all time. Well-oiled machine right there. Well-oiled machine. So I think it's going to be a struggle for people to assemble these super teams and still be able to p- compete with them because they're still probably going to have a better starting five than you and they're going to have a bench that's better than yours because their team was already assembled and all they had to do was add Kevin Durant to it to just take them all the way over the top. So that's kind of crazy, but I am excited for the draft today. We obviously know Mark Markel Fultz. Number one. Yeah, he's going number one. Shout out to him. I always got to congratulate the number one. That's, that's a big deal to be the number one player in the draft. And almost be for sure. Like, you know, yeah, he's picked. He's oh, number yeah, one. he's picked. Oh, it's, it's for sure. They've so already me, pretty much announced it. Let me ask you this. Who's your sleeper? Who's my sleeper in the draft? I don't even know if you can necessarily call him a sleeper because right. he's still a lottery pick, but I think Josh Jackson is going to be dope. And and other, still, my favorite player in college last year, even before LeVar Ball got into the media 24-7, my favorite player in college last year was Lonzo Ball from start to finish. Okay, And I think that a lot of people are – allowing the hype to kind of drown out how good he really really is. He is good. You know what I mean? People just say people don't want him to get picked to the Lakers just because they want LeVar Ball to be wrong. Yeah, they they want LeVar Ball to suffer. It's not really anything to do with Lonzo. Lonzo is good. It's nothing to do with Lonzo. Lonzo is dope. He's a baller. He was a baller before. He's still a baller now. And I think that I mean, he's going to go to the Lakers. Let's just be real here. He's going to go to the Lakers. People are trying to make up and create rumors that, oh, he might not go to the Lakers. They just want to see LeVar Ball get it shoved up as you know what. That's all that is, is people not wanting to see LeVar Ball be right. Yeah, and um, he's right about this, though. He's going to the Lakers. He's going to the Lakers. He Lakers it. are not passing him up. He called it, and it's going to happen. So just let LeVar Ball be right. If he's right, he's right. If he's wrong, he's wrong. See, my my sleeper, he he may, may not be a sleeper, but De'Aaron Fox, I like his game a lot. Yeah, he's nice. And I like his game. Did you hear about his dad telling him, telling yeah. uh, saying about how, how uh, he ate him up twice. He, used to wear, he said he used to wear his ass out or something. He, yeah. said, he, he said it. He, he said it. And he, I, he, he I mean, did. in the tournament, woo. De'Aaron Fox, he did eat him up, but potential. Lonzo Ball probably has the the potential factor, but De'Aaron Fox will be good. I see him kind of compared, not as good as John Wall, but he's that type of player. He plays a a lot like John Wall. He's definitely dope. He is dope. He is dope. So I think, I I like De'Aaron Fox. He's going to be good, but I like Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson is going to be a hell of a pro. I played Josh Jackson before. Yeah, man, it was some tell, stuff. Tell me about that. <laughs> tell me about that. So, if, if anybody know, he went to prep school in Napa, and so a lot of people don't know that. Right. He was playing on that prep school. I was going to Napa College. Okay. I wasn't in season though. They were up there practicing, 
and we scrimmaged them. That was, I played them twice, actually, and I played them in a real game. I went to a high school prep game my cousin was playing in. Uh-huh. One of the teams that, that came didn't show up. Right. And so they asked the prep school, do you want to just get people out the stands to still have a game? And he said, sure. They asked me to play. I played. I promise you, I'm not making this up. The first play of the game, he went between the legs. Ooh. Between the legs. Like that? Like that. That's when I said, oh, the game has changed. <laughs> yeah, the game's changed. I'm I'm two years out of uh, high school. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And he's in high school going between the legs. Sub me out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> tough. I think he's going to be dope, though. I, I really think he's going to be dope in the league. So I'm excited about the draft. We'll obviously be able to elaborate a little bit more after the draft happens. But I do like the way that the NBA is going right now. Like I said, there's news year around with the NBA. You got the draft happening. You got trades happening. You got everybody trying to become a super team. You got NBA Summer League is about to start. Once that, once the Summer League is up, and even not even just the NBA, basketball, period. Ice Cube and added a added a you know something yeah. to the mix with the big three. That's getting ready to start up this weekend. So I'm excited to see how that works out. So basketball and obviously there's a lot of former NBA NBA players that's playing in the big three. So basketball has kind of started to garner some year round expectations, and it's always something to talk about when it comes to the game of basketball. And actually, basketball kind of you know growing up was year round. We had our high school ball, then we transitioned right into AAU. Yeah, yeah, it was a year round, but I still think, you know, as kids, it, it depends on how you want to look at it. Because I had half of my childhood, I played basketball. The first half of my childhood, I didn't play basketball year round. All right, because football. The se- I played football. I played baseball. I I, I played U triple U triple S A baseball. So I played travel baseball in the summer. I also played little league. I was a little league all star. So that season was always got oh, so extended you was just a out. Baller. I was a baller, and then I still I did play football too. And the and, which I honestly think is better. I think being a three sport athlete is better than just playing one sport your entire life. Possibly getting burnt out, uh, you you gain a lot more hand eye coordination. You gain a lot more stuff playing a lot of different sports, and your feel for the game and different games is is better, I believe, just because, like I said, hand eye, football, physicality, just there's so many different elements that each sports that each sport brings, and more options, and more options. Yeah, it's more options too, but. Even if you do try to narrow it down to one sport, which I ended up ultimately doing, I, basketball ended up being the sport that I narrowed it down to once we reached seventh grade and I started playing AAU with the ballers. And we kind of just, I kind of, by the eighth grade, I put football and baseball to the side and just stuck to basketball. So it ended up being a year-round sport uh, later on in my middle school days and throughout my high school career and obviously in college too. But I still appreciate being able to play those other sports and I still think that those other sports helped me in a lot of ways when it came to playing basketball but so I was I'm definitely a fan of that and an advocate of that and I think a lot but I think you're right that a lot of parents are looking out to uh are looking to just have their kids play one sport year round Mm -hmm. and try to put their all into that one sport but I think it's not fair to the kids I think it causes a burnout within the kids definitely it doesn't allow the kids to choose it's it injury you you can have a lot more injuries if, if I'm not playing basketball year round yes you can get different injuries from different sports but if I'm not playing basketball year round the likely injuries that come from playing basketball 
probably won't happen to me. Right. You know what I mean? The knee injuries, the AC, that kind of stuff. You don't really hear too much about. You're not really hearing about too many torn ACLs in a baseball in baseball. You're not. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's <clears throat> it, freak accidents can happen. Yeah, but you're not really hearing about that. So I'm lessening my chances to get injured and overworking the same muscles over and over. I just think playing three sports is so much better for youth and young athletes rather than just putting it all into one sport until you maybe get a little bit older. But with that being said, I like ball being year-round, and I'm excited to see how that goes. But now we got to kind of take a turn here, and we're going to get away from sports a little bit because it's some pretty disturbing news. You know, this is the Wake Up and Win podcast, and it's some disturbing news out there, some news that definitely disturbed me. I'm sure I would hope it disturbed you. Um, and it, it should disturb any and everybody. And that is the fact that the officer who killed Philando Castile, Geronimo Yanez, he got away with it. And I want to let people just hear the audio. We, we got the audio here. I want to let y'all just hear the audio of the whole how the whole incident played out. Here we go. Well, sir. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, the reason I put you over is you, your brake lights are out. So you only have one activated active brake light, and that's going to be your passenger side one, your third brake light, which is up here on top, and then this one back here, it's going to be out. Do you have your license insurance? I do have a okay. firearm okay. on me. Don't reach for it, then. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. That's tough. Ah, that's real tough. That's oh, That hurts my heart right there. That's tough. That's definitely tough so, right there. So you want to lay out some details with it. His girlfriend was also in the car. Right. And his daughter was also in the car. Right. Um, yeah, just tell Yeah, I want to hear what you got to say first. Just go uh, ahead and tell me what you think about this, about how this played it's out. It's hurt because, you know, he was innocent. He was. It was a routine traffic stop right here. It wasn't like he was committed a crime. It wasn't like he was doing something he wasn't supposed to. It was a routine traffic stop. Right. It was it was calm. It wasn't hostile. You know, um, he's talking politely. He's calling them sir. The, it escalated within seconds that he felt threatened. I'm I'm starting to feel like they don't fear for their life, officers. They don't fear for their life. I feel like they fear black men. I feel like he was intimidated walking up. His mind, he was already on edge before the conversation even started, and so um. I feel like cops need to be held accountable. You know, maybe he didn't really want to pull the trigger. He was scared. Not for his life, like I said. I feel like he was afraid of the actual black man. Now, <sighs> it's a tough situation because all cops are not bad. But what I want people to understand that cops have to look at black men the same way. All black men aren't bad either. So it should go hand in hand. And I just feel like it's not right now. Yeah, well, you know, so I, I have to disagree with you on only one thing and that is that cops don't fear for their life because they do you never they never know day to day if they're even going to make it believe me when i say i'm not defending cops in this situation but it ultimately i think cops kind of live on edge i almost think that they're programmed 
to kind of be a little bit twisted because they see so many twisted things day in and day out. Right. They 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 know that you know what I mean. They when it comes to having to come home, they have wives and kids and they have families too, whatever, whatever. And they got to get back home to them. The problem I have, the problem that I really have with this is, first off, I think I heard about seven gunshots in that audio right there. Yeah. For a guy that's sitting in his car that tells you he has a firearm, he's reaching to get what you asked him to get. As you stated, it was not a hostile environment. It was not a hostile situation. He went. To get what he told you he was going to get, he, he's le- he's a legal carrier. He's telling you, I have it in here. I highly doubt, I highly doubt that he was going to try to kill that police officer with his girlfriend and his kid in the car with him. And how many suspects would tell you before they're going before to shoot you? Before they're going to shoot you. So if anything, he was just going to pull and boom and go. He tells you. He doesn't. And he calmly tells you. Officer, it's not like, oh, yeah, I got a gun. Boom, boom. He calmly tells you, like, sir, I got a gun here. You know what I mean? And as he's reaching, you you tell him don't pull it out one time. He, I can't imagine him being able to pull that gun out, point it towards the officer before that officer just started firing away. It happened so fast that he couldn't have pulled that gun out and pointed at the officer and did this that, and it just couldn't have it couldn't have happened that way it happened so fast and the officer just start letting him go and mind you he's at point blank range he's standing up castile sitting down castile obviously is not mobile enough to go left right front or back and he just lights him up so it's like if you can't see that that was a cold-blooded murder Either you can't, you just really can't see, or you don't want to see the situation for what it is. He murdered him. He murdered. That's murder. That's murder. And and for him to be acquitted, a lot having to do with one thing. He's a police officer. And the other reason I would have to say is because Philando Castile was a black man. We've seen this before. And people could spew out all they want to about oh, white people get these kind of, you know, they statistically, if you look at certain percentages, well, break down the statistics for real, though, break them down for real. But if people try to spew those out, you know what I mean? And mind you, there's a whole lot more white people out here than there are blacks. A lot more. A whole lot more. So, yeah, some of those numbers are going to be skewed. But if you if you do it fraction by fraction, it's going to be a whole lot different than if you do it by percentages. It's a higher percentage of blacks. Then whites, if you, like you said, if you break down all the way the percentages, it, not it, for the same, like if we count there's this many black people and this many white people. No, I'm talking about in within the percentage of how many black people there is and how many is, is killed. Kill, exactly. Compared, it's not, the, it's yeah. not even close. If you fraction it out, it's not even close. So I don't understand how people don't see that that was murder. And I also don't understand this, just to kind of bring it back around to sports, because I'm a fan and I'm an advocate of what Colin Kaepernick did and what he's been doing, what he is doing. I'm, you can't help after you see something like that. You can't help but to be a believer that maybe Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed by the NFL right now. You can't help it when you see stuff like that happening socially and people getting away with it. And Dave Zyron tweeted out. I know he he mentioned the tweet and this is I'm just kind of I'm not saying it word for word, but he mentioned he's like. If you don't see why Colin Kaepernick protested it, and I'm I'm paraphrasing this here, 
If you don't see why Colin Kaepernick protested it and the reasons why he protested the flag and the national anthem, you just don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. You just don't want to see it. It's not even about him doing the wrong or right thing. It's about you already being programmed to not want to see this black man protest the flag or the national anthem, whatever you want to call it. People are trying to say that it's not political. The national anthem is definitely political. And you just don't want to see this because this is just point blank range. This is a trained officer who shoots this guy. Like I said, I think I heard about seven gunshots there. I know he hit him with every one because he was point blank range. Right in the chest. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that the bullet didn't go through him and get that kid in the back seat. I'm very thankful about that. But it's like, Come on, man. If y'all don't think that was murder, how fast he reacted, how quick he reacted, the fact that Castile complied with what it is that he asked him to do, if you don't see that as murder, you just don't want to see it. And it, it sucks because <clears throat> they like to bring up excuses for, like, well, think about the officer and he doesn't. He's trained. He's trained. This and is what he do. This is He's trained and he signed up to do this. He did not have to choose to be a police officer when he decided to go to the academy. I'm grateful for the police. I'm not out here saying that the police shouldn't be here. You got to have some kind of policing going on in this sick world. But when the police are adding on to the sickness of this world, that's where we have a problem. And here's the difference. Like I said, he chose to choose. He chose to become a police officer. He chose to make being a police his, be his career. Philando Castile didn't choose to be a black man. And, and you know, there's also it, it's it may be flawed. I'm not sure, but I've heard the audio, and um, there's an audio of a police officer radio in saying there's an armed robbery suspect that what that matches the suspect description with the wide nose. They they read out the license plate number that they were following, and it happened to be Castile's car around the same time that he was pulled over. So was he really pulling him over for a brake light, or was he pulling him over to see if this was an armed robbery suspect? And that kind of makes more sense of why he was on edge. I'm not saying it gives him a reason to have killed him, but... But the <sighs> problem is, but the problem is, even if he was an armed robbery suspect, or that's what you, you know, kind of expected or saw it to be. You should have told him that from the jump. Don't tell me I don't tell me I got a brake light out. Tell me I'm an armed rob suspect and come, draw your guns before you get point blank to me and act like everything is all right. cool and all fine and dandy. And then when I when I comply with what it is that you asked me to do and I tell you, officer, I do have an arm. You should have had me hands on the steering wheel and the whole night. Anytime an officer is going to rob somebody, that somebody that's considered armed and dangerous, that's called being armed and dangerous. If somebody is armed and dangerous and you're pulling me over, you're coming out of your vehicle, gun, guns drawn, the whole nine yards. You have a loudspeaker to tell me, put your hands on the steering wheel. Don't lie and say it was yeah, a brake light and try to use that as an excuse because now it, it really looks bad. It looks terrible. It and, looks bad. And what's really bad about this situation is, is it's giving out a bad sign. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're tr learned that we have to comply and, and you know, be very cautious when dealing with the police. When I get pulled over, I make sure my hands are visible. I'm very polite. You know, just I don't want to deal with it. Now, 
the message that's being sent is even if you comply, you have a, a high chance of getting still killed. Exactly. He complied. And exactly. So we're now instilling in our youth to comply. But if they comply, they still have a chance of being killed. So what do you think may possibly happen in the future? They're going to be like, oh, I'm not complying. And they may be that one person that cause this thing to be fortunate and unfortunate for themselves and the officer and say, you know what? I'm, I am going to draw my gun. If I'm Philando Castile the next time right. and an officer comes and pulls me over, I'm not going to wait till he comes up to my window and tell him I got one. I'm already have it on me. So when, as soon as I roll that window down, boom, I can shoot. That's going to leave in track. That's going to be a tragedy for everybody. Cause the police officer now gets shot. Best believe they're not going to let him get away no, with shooting no. a police officer without being shot and killed. So it's, like you're creating a mentality or you're possibly creating a mentality that doesn't need to be created. All you got to do is do right by a human. Just just accept that black man, Philando Castile, as a human being and not just a black man, as stated. He didn't choose to be a black man. Should he be proud to be a black man or yes. should he have been proud to be a black man? I'm sure because our culture has gone through so much and we have a lot to be proud, proud of and to be proud for. But you he doesn't have that choice. You have a choice to become a police officer, bro. Yeah, that's just what it is. <laughs> you have a choice to become that. So don't don't still sit here and hit me with the lollygag story of oh, our officers fear for their life every day. They're armed. They, they signed have to, up for They this. signed up for it, man. They signed up for it. If that's what you signed up for, go for it. You weren't drafted to be a police officer. It's not even like it's the military. You weren't drafted for this. You signed up and decided. You know what? This is what I want to do. And with that comes having to pull over a black man in this particular clip case because he had a bad brake light for a traffic stop. And so it's like, man, that that's that's bogus to me, bro. It, it makes me nervous because, you know, he didn't have a criminal record. You know, he had traffic violations. We all do. So I don't have a criminal record. So that means I can get pulled over and the same thing can happen to me. Just because you're black. Just because I'm black. I got to move so cautiously when I'm with the police. Why am I nervous when I come in contact with the police. The people that are supposed to be protecting and serving. And I'm more so scared. And this is the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm, I'm not saying that the police are invaluable. This isn't a knock to the police at all. This isn't a knock to the police. This is a knock to society. This is a knock to the fact that this man, this man got killed. And not even just that he got killed, but that he got killed and the officer got off and got away with it. So now that's giving officers more reason to feel like they have power over the black man. And now the next officer may be able to say, well, you know what? He got away with it. So maybe I can get away with All it. All I got to do is say, I fear my life. I fear my life. And that's if it. it's that easy for, for, for us to get killed and you know what I mean? And you ought to be able to get away with it. It's not right. And if you expect people to do uh, black people, especially, but any minority, anybody who's actually in there, it shouldn't have to take for a black person to have to think that this is wrong. White people should think this is wrong. Mexicans should think this is wrong. Asians should think this is wrong. Other police officers should think this is wrong. Right. Police officers, wives should think this is wrong. Police officers, uh, so on and so forth. Everybody should be able to see the wrongness in the fact that he absolutely killed that man. Murdered him. He murdered him. So <sighs> I, I, I just, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, tough to one. talk. It's a tough one to talk about. And I also want to say, 
prayers out to his family, his Absolutely. daughter, his girlfriend who had to go through that. This is a four-year-old that had to go through her father being killed in front of in her. In front of her. That she's scarred for life. For life. She's scarred for life. So, yeah, man, like I said, I my prayers are definitely with the family as well. My prayers is even with the officer's family because they're going to have to go through some. This guy honestly shouldn't be able to just walk around scotch-free without being dealt with. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, but, at least. You know, he, he shouldn't be. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that may not That may not mean that he will or he won't be, but I'm praying for him because the possi- he definitely, by doing that and getting away with it, he definitely left himself vulnerable to be to get dealt with. It's a target on his In the public. You know what I mean? It's just what it is. And he made that decision to do that as well. But now I got a little bit. More interesting news because uh, it's been a lot floating around. So we've been playing catch up. Like I said, we got the NBA draft. Well, that's that's today. That's pretty current. But we we definitely had to talk about our predictions. Had to talk about this Castile situation. Now we got the Mayweather and McGregor fight. We're playing catch up. We had an interview on the last episode, y'all. So bear with us. We got this Mayweather and McGregor fight. What what's your thoughts on that, Rob? This is strictly entertainment, man. This is straight. This is for the money, the yeah. business. McGregor is going to get a di- uh, a con- or paid out more than he ever has with UFC. I mean, let's be real. Can McGregor really win this fight? No, not right. even a little bit. How is he going to outbox a boxer? The best boxer. You know, debatable, but no, he's the best boxer. He's no, not- he is definitely the best yeah. boxer. Now, what's debatable is if he's the best boxer of all time, but he's even in that conversation, bar none. Bar none, he's in that conversation. For McGregor, I think this is great for him because he's in a win win situation. If he loses, he was supposed to lose. If he wins, oh boy, he. Yeah, if he wins, that's that's bad for boxing, for sure. That's bad. And so, so with Floyd, you know, this is just, I guess, his 50th win. Let me go get my 50th win. I think, do I think it's going to last all 12 rounds? Uh, possibly, because UFC fighters can take more hits. They take knees and elbows, and you know they take a little bit more. So, and Floyd's not the boxer to knock you out anyway. Right. But watching McGregor fights, yes, he has some good hand speed. He has some boxing skills, but compared to just the average boxer that I watch, no. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I, I mean, I think it's definitely all entertainment. I wonder who it's better for because I think they both have their pluses and their minuses because UFC is definitely becoming a very popular sport. Uh, boxing, we're not seeing with boxing. It's kind of going by the wayside because we're not really seeing the heavyweight fighters yeah. that we were once accustomed to growing mm-hmm. up seeing that are just going straight for the knockout the stars we're seeing are your lightweights featherweights all that kind of stuff so with that you're going to see some very skilled boxers if you like the art of boxing but you're not going to see your mike tyson's and your muhammad ali's big body guys who with one hit will just blow your wig off because they're going to knock you out a lot of people want to see boxing and have been a custom and raised that the sport of boxing is about knockouts. It's not about knockouts. It's about exactly what Floyd Mayweather is doing right now, being 49 and 0, going on 50 and 0, and lasting. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a lot of brain trauma he's that he's dealing with. He defends like crazy, so he's not getting hit. He's he's dishing out more hits than he's taking. That's what real boxing is. But a lot of people like to look at it as oh, boxing's gotten soft. No, boxing have hasn't gotten soft. It's just that these guys are a little bit lighter, so they don't have as much power as crazy Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali may have had. But 
they're all, their brains also aren't whacked off either because of it. So I have absolutely no problem with what Floyd Mayweather does as a boxer. Now with UFC, it will bring, it will cause, because I think UFC is a trending sport. I really do. I think it's very popular, but I also think it's very trendy. Yep. And I think that Conor McGregor has a lot to do with that sport being as trendy as it is. So there's a lot of people who just don't watch boxing that will watch boxing this night and we'll see how good of a boxer Floyd, not only Floyd Mayweather is, but how skilled boxers are in comparison to fighters. Right. Yeah. Because it's a difference. It's a distinct difference when it comes to being a boxer and when it comes to being a fighter. UFC guys are fighters. They twist you up in the pretzels. It's no holds bar. It's not as many rules and regulations when it comes to all-out fighting. You're going to be able to see the separation in the talent level of boxers and actual fighters. So I think that some of those fans will be able to, like, you know, they'll be able to appreciate it more because I think Floyd Mayweather, honestly, is just going to wipe him under the floor because he doesn't stand a chance in this fight. Not a chance. And with Floyd Mayweather dominating this fight the way that he should, it will definitely cause some UFC fighters to be like, you know what? Show some or more UFC respect. fans, I should say. Yeah, show, show some more respect to the sport because it deserves to be respected. Now, in the case of... UFC, I think it's going to be good for the athletes because now you have a UFC fighter that is getting ready to get paid so much more than he's ever been paid and than any other UFC fighter has gotten paid. And so people are going to feel like there's so much more money out there in the fighting industry. And being a fighter isn't far off from being a boxer, but there is still a distinct difference between being a boxer and a fighter. So a lot of these people are going to see the money that's a ching <laughs> that this guy's getting ready to make from crossing over from, uh, from MMA to boxing. And this may not be the last time that we see UFC fighters try to do that, try to cross over, especially the good ones who are, you know, because there's going to be a time when McGregor is no longer that dude. Right. There's going to be new eras. There's going to be new fighters who are going to come up and who are going to create a buzz. And you'll start to see these fighters going and challenging these young boxers that are coming up and creating a buzz because those boxers are not going to go get in the UFC ring with you. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. But not happen. <laughs> those UFC fighters will be like, well, I'll come get in a boxing ring with you as McGregor did with Mayweather. And I'll get a paycheck, too. I'll get a whole lot more money coming in the box. So it's going to be interesting to see how Dana White, who is the CEO of uh, UFC, it's going to be interesting to see if fighters are going to demand, UFC fighters are going to demand more money. I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. Well, as far as the crossing over with, with UFC fighters coming to box, I think it's going to happen just the money. The, the money. They're going to see That's the money that they're going to be making. Why not go? Even if I lose I still get cashed out. You keep, you can keep the sport alive. You can make money. It's, it's just gonna be. It can be good for boxing. And like I said, where UFC, and because it, it, it'll either do this because UFC, the UFC is generating a lot of money. Yeah, they're getting MMA, bigger and bigger. MMA is generating a lot of money. So it's not like they don't have the money to spend on these UFC fighters. They just haven't had to because it hasn't become the norm to be getting paid this much money as a UFC fighter. It's fairly new. It's fairly trendy. Mm -hmm. So guys aren't getting their money's worth because they haven't had to. But now the game's kind of changing 
McGregor is getting ready to make it where when people see that this UFC fighter is getting his paid and is getting as much bank as McGregor is getting, these other fighters are going to figure out a way to follow suit and try to make that money. And that's just that. So lastly, this is the last topic we're going to cover today on the Wake Up and Win podcast. And that is the punter from, from UCF, Donald De La Haye. Um, he's, he's well known for his YouTube channel, the school, the, the coaches, they're asking him to delete his channel because he's obviously getting paid for it. They think that it's an NCAA violation, whatever, whatever. And he decided that, you know what? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. NCAA is going to control his fate. He said he's fine with that. And he's fine with that. And you know what? I don't have a problem with it. And here's why. You can say that, oh, he's messing off his scholarship. You can say whatever it is that you want to say in favor of the NCAA. But where I don't have a problem with it is this. There have been far too many guys that have come out about the exploitation of the NCAA on athletes. We've had Shabazz Napier come out and talk about it. We've had Richard Sherman come out and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 we've had a whole bunch of athletes come out. I mean, if you just look it up, you Google it, you YouTube athletes that have come out and talked about the exploitation of the NCAA, there's plenty out there, and there's and I know plenty of them who feel the same way. There's some somewhere along the line, if you play in the NCAA, you will be exploited in one way or another. This is why I don't mind a guy like De La Haye going and doing this because here's the thing. People look at it like, oh, he's messing up his not only his college education, he's messing up his pro chances, his chances to go to the pros and make millions, right? How few of NCAA athletes actually go pro and make millions? It's a very small percentage. It's a very, very small percentage. So if you if you look at it from a perspective of, he probably ain't going to the NFL anyway. Right. He still got to make money. He still got to eat. In his case, he said his family needs help. So he's got a family to feed, at least help feed at this point. So he's still got to make money while he's here. He's not getting what he wants out of you all. He doesn't have to sit here and not invest in himself because – oh, you're messing up your chances to go pro, which probably aren't even there for you anyway. And so I, I just think I like the fa- – and it's this one. If you feel like you're being exploited, say something about it. Right, say it. If Colin Kaepernick feel like it's social issues and he want to kneel for the national anthem, go ahead. I support you in doing so. If 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 and, 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 and here's the thing. It's my choice to support you. It's anybody's choice to support you. Any social issues, whether it be women, whether it be uh, homosexuality, whether it be anything, it could be anything, the LBGTQ community, it could be anything, any kind of community. If you stand for something, stand for it. Don't because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. So I don't mind him going out and actually saying, you know what, if y'all want to stop me, then stop me. But I'm still going to do what it is that I do. And, bro, you know colleges make hundreds and thousands off their sports. And so, look, the NCAA top executives make around a million a year. NCAA coaches make around 100000 a year. And that's for small schools. Bigger schools make more. Oh, they're making millions. And, and, and some of these football coaches is definitely. And we're not million. even factoring the bonuses they get for, like, breaking records or going to the tournament or the bowl games or winning championships. They also, NCAA signed a $10 billion 
TV deal a couple years back. This is all from student athletes. This would not be available or even happening without the student athlete. So yes, I think NCAA they should be allowed this. This this is not yeah. A I think that I think players should definitely get paid and should push to get paid because. Like you said, without them, there is no NCAA. There's nothing the NCAA could do. All the advertisements, all the money, all the money they make off of March Madness alone. Let's not include now that y'all adding NCAA college football playoff tournaments, all the money you're making off of every single bowl game that you're throwing. And then you say, what about the non-revenue sports? Man, those two major revenue sports, which are basketball and baseball, are making you enough money to not only take care of the staff, the coaches, and everybody else in the NCAA, but these players as well. I wouldn't even care if – and then people say, well, what's fair and what's not fair? What, What are you willing to offer? I think it's just like if you look at the NBA, for example. Okay, you can offer a guy a full-ride scholarship. If he's that good, you know what? We'll offer you X amount of dollars this month and X amount of dollars next month. It's the same as the NCAA draft. When guys get drafted, they are gonna they still have to sign a contract. Right. Everybody's not getting paid the same in the NBA or in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. The better, not. the better you are, the more likely you are to get paid more money. It just happens. But nobody is up there not getting paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody's up there. <laughs> it's not like there's anybody up there that's not getting paid. Why can't you do that for college? Oh, it's an unfair platform. It's an unfair. Well, if 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 basketball players are getting paid more than swimmers, then maybe you don't pay swimmers as much. But that doesn't mean the swimmers don't have to get paid at all. Yeah, you you have to. If you're making money off them, they should be making money. They should back. be making money because back. if you look at music artists, for example, I feel like this is a similar situation we have some artists who are signed to a label who takes all this money out of what they're making and not really doing much work the right. artist is doing all this work and has to pay this person off pay this person off it gets to the, uh, tlc is a great example right it gets to the point where they're just about making nothing they're barely getting by and doing all the work yeah it's like i said i i'm happy for what he's doing i'm glad that he's standing for something first of all because I'm an advocate for people standing for something. Do I have to necessarily agree with what it is you stand for? No, but I got more respect for you for actually standing for it than not. At least you have a side that you're on, and I can respect that. But, yeah, in this case, athletes, I believe that athletes ultimately should be getting paid. NCAA athletes should be getting paid. And like I said, I feel like you can do the same thing for athletes as you do for these professional athletes. That the better you are, that if you're a four or five star recruit coming out of high school, yeah, you're more likely to make a little bit more money on top of that full ride scholarship that I'm giving you. And we're not that, talking about making them millionaires here. It's just giving them something. Yeah, giving, giving them, them something. something. <laughs> like That's they're it. getting nothing right now. <laughs> nothing. Give them something to work with because they're they're worth it. Yeah. It's not like they're not worth it because you're you're a billion dollar industry. Because these players are worth you being a billion-dollar industry. Without these athletes, you don't get these sponsors and this, that, this, that, and the third. So I definitely think that they're worth it. And I and like I said, if you're a five-star recruit coming out of high school, you'll get paid a little bit more than maybe a two-star recruit would. Hey, but if the two-star recruit comes out and outperforms the five-star recruit in this freshman year, guess who might get a little bit more money in sophomore year? Yeah. Guess who might get a little less money in sophomore mm-hmm. year? You just it's, it's ways to go about it and do it. So I, I just hate that 
people in the NCAA act like there's no way that you could do it. And how do we want to make this an even and fair playing field? It's not an even and fair playing field. It's a business, dude. And these are now young adults. They're 18 years old and they're it. They're a part of your business. So if they want to be about business while they're there, hey, you're more than welcome when it comes to me. So. That's uh that's what we got today for y'all on the Wake Up and Win podcast. Appreciate y'all for listening and tuning in. Rodney, glad to have you back. Hey, man, I appreciate you bringing me on, yeah, man. I, I love it. Yeah, you know, we keeping it rolling. Things been a little busy. And also, for you all that may not know, I've, I've, I've definitely uh, said it here before, but the Justin and Devon radio show, 9 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on 102.9 The Game. Uh, one of, you can live stream it on 1029thegame.com because if this isn't enough hearing me once a week on the Wake Up and Win podcast, believe me when I say there's a whole lot more to hear, and I'm grateful for it. You should be too. It's a good show, and we're just trying to work and get better at it every day, man. Congratulations on that again. Yeah, hey, my brother, that it. is big. Yeah. I listen to it every time. Yeah, Monday yes, through Friday, every morning. Yes, sir. I'm trying to I'm trying to make it happen, man. And I, I'm enjoying it. I'm like I said, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm enjoying being able to work in a major market. I, I enjoy being on air. I enjoy people tweeting at me. I enjoy callers calling in. I enjoy all that. It's it's a lot of fun and we definitely cover good stuff. So yeah, tune in to the Justin and Devon show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon, 102.9 game. F 102.9 is our FM station and 750 is our AM station. And obviously subscribe here on iTunes at the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. And we'll continue to bring you the latest and greatest content. Hey, so, peace, love, and soul, my brothers and, and that, sisters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And with that being said, you know what I always leave y'all with, and that is to stay woke and go in.